I'm the person who has seen this show before. I'm a person who's never watched an anime. Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble. Hero Babble, we are Hero Babble. Hey, 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 hello and welcome back to the Hero Babble podcast. I'm your host, Michael. And I'm your co-host, Spencer. And today, we're jumping into Lucky Number Episode 7, uh, aptly titled, A Human Work. A Human Work. (laughs) A Human Work. Yeah, I read that and I was like, Mm. What what a name. Yeah. You know? Brilliant. But, yeah, so, I mean, outside of some housekeeping things, you know, we've just been really honored and thankful for everyone that's even given us a listen. Even if you checked out episode one, maybe wasn't your thing, hey, thanks for giving us, you know, your time, because uh, we know it's valuable. And if you're sticking with us this far, thanks for being here. Uh just a quick little stat update. You know, we have a unique audience of about 15 members. And not only do we have listeners in the Philippines, but Canada. Huh? Huh? And uh, across all platforms, we've got over 200 listens. And I, I don't know about you, Spencer, but 200? Woo-hoo-hoo! That's pretty good, man. I'm excited about that. Now we're cooking with gas. Yes, we are. Anyways, today's episode is brought to you by... <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> But hopefully not for long. Yeah, hopefully. That that could be cool. But either way, just wanted to take a moment to say thank you so much for tuning in and checking out, you know, our thoughts on Evangelion every week. We've been having a blast getting to just, you know, shoot the shit and give our not-so-hot takes, but... (laughs) Or our uh, spicy theories, which, by the way, if you haven't heard Spencer's theory from episode five, you better go give it a listen and see... uh, See how on the money he is if you've listened to it before or watched Evangelion. Or if you're a newbie and you think it's worth its salt. Let us know in the comment section down below. Yeah, that's a good point, Freddie. Maybe it's worth mentioning at the top of the show. Oh, uh, yeah. Why not just say it while they're here? Exactly. If you guys want to reach out to us, let us know how you're feeling. Let us know uh, what your theories are. You can reach out to us at herobabble at gmail.com. You can reach out to us uh, in the comments at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, yeah, we Twitter. do have a Twitter, and we've got two followers. Shout out to those two. Uh, it's not me. It's not me. We See, also we'll, have uh, Apple Podcasts. You guys can leave uh, reviews, and we'll definitely read those. And on Google Podcasts and Spotify, you can just listen. Keep your thoughts. Keep your thoughts to yourselves <laughs> on those platforms. But yeah, again, thanks so much for checking it out. And uh, without further ado, let's talk about Episode 7. And just right off the rip... Uh, what are your, what are your snapshot takes? What did you think of episode seven? Just as a cursory glance. Yeah. Um, there's a definite tone shift in this one. We start getting a little bit more devious. We start finding out, uh, you know, it's tough to say that these episodes necessarily would give more, uh, more answers, maybe in a couple spots, but they definitely (laughs) lend credence to the mystery behind Gendo and, you know, a lot of what nerve is, who the angels are. Um, that whole kind of rigmarole of you yeah. know, what the hell's happening that continuously goes through my brain. Yeah, it it really is a, a spoon feeding of you can have one answer as a treat, but here's 30 questions. And Yeah, I actually, I, I kind of felt like a couple times in this episode, they give you an answer, but you're kind of like, that's not the real answer. <laughs> no. I know you're trying to trick me, mister. Yeah. That's me to Gendo. Just saying, ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> and then he's like, shut up, Shinji. And then, you know. Sorry. <laughs> Your impression stays unmatched. Uh, yep. But yeah, no, I, I agree. I think this episode could probably be, you know, like if you were to just read the description of the episode, you would think, oh, this is a exposition dump. You know, this is where they're going to. Right. You know, finally explain everything. Nope. Uh, <laughs> because instead what happens is uh, you ba- <laughs> you basically get to watch a nuclear reactor almost explode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but we're, we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. Um, m- meaning not we, I said it. But either way, I, 
I think it's really interesting how the beginning of this episode opens up with this almost kind of ominous top-down shot of of Tokyo 3, Mm -hmm. and you look at the Nerve headquarters, and then it just cuts to Gendo sitting in this room that has what essentially amounts to these, like, spiritual circles on the ceiling and the floor. Like, he's about to just, you know, perform a seance. Yeah, well, they show, like, they kind of show a pyramid sort of object. Uh, I don't know if that's his office or what, but it's almost, it gives me the idea, like, he's just created his office in some sort of, you know, rescued pyramid. Yeah. You know, it's very cool. Well, and then it's just interesting. It goes from this ominous, you know, thing where he goes special project you know and and he's he's listening to this person on the phone say don't worry about it you know we're we're well on our way to getting uh you know the funds we need and classic classic nefarious jargon where they're like don't worry about it we got the uh we got the dough for the you know what i mean and he's like "Mm, yes yeah of course (laughs) of course the dough for pizza time (laughs) um you know what's it's crazy, like, you kind of, in your back of your head, feel like Gendo is this mastermind. Mm-hmm. And then he starts the conversation um, off, at least in, in the Netflix dub that I was listening to, he starts the episode off by saying, I'm indebted to you, to whoever he's talking to, like his informant, yeah. who's given him this dossier or whatever, mm-hmm. that they're kind of combing through together over the phone. Um, the fact that Gendo would be indebted to anybody uh, tells me that there's some deeper things <laughs> happening here than yeah. I expected. Which is which is cool because it's a slight tip of the hand, uh, of exactly like you're saying. You know, just just how deep does this whole thing go, and what exactly, uh, you know, are are what exactly is the bigger picture? And I think for yeah. the longest time, it's been framed as we're here to save humanity, and that's how Nerve has been framed. But now you're like it, it, just in this opening shot, and not not just this, but in prior episodes, they give you these little peaks you know at gendo and you can yeah. tell that there are some there are some cogs turning behind closed doors right that I, we're kind of getting a peek at i remember it was either episode two or three it had that scene with like uh it was like a hologram kind of like zoom meeting the round table yeah. yeah and there was like a bunch of other like stockholders or some sort of business people mm-hmm. talking to him and they gave you zero context they just gave you like the end of a really intelligent conversation and then cut you off yep and that kind of tipped you off that there was something going on but you know this informant he mentions uh, a few things they just kind of whet your appetite with yeah um he mentions this uh freedom of information act yep and like somehow through that he was able to acquire blah 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 and he gave some sort of false tips to this other company that (laughs) it's this whole thing yeah well and and it's just funny because that's you know in in real life, not anime world, FOIA requests are run-of-the-mill, you know, requests by journalists, news organizations, yeah, or frankly, anyone can put in a, a FOIA request to get an idea of, you know, you know, internal documents, things like that, you know, projects that maybe aren't shown to the public, um, and it's just so funny hearing them brazenly go, yeah, I just kind of like forged it, you know, I I I sent them on, you know, a trail of right. the opposite direction. When, it, you know, and when in reality, Nerve receives a lot of government funding. So yeah. it's just this funny game of cat and mouse where, you know, it's and it just lends credence to the whole. Yeah. Yeah. We're up to no good. You kind of learn in this episode that they they not only get a bunch of like Japanese government funding, but they get a lot of like United Nations global funding. Yeah. for This effort. And so to hear them sort of talk about like, hey. Um, you know, essentially the dossier is this other company that's creating a, a humanity saving mech. Yeah. Right. And, and they have, they kind of are like, okay, so stick to the plan. Yeah. Stick to the plan. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to some, somehow, uh, you know, derail their plan. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting too. Um, one thing I love about this episode is they show you kind of the, the, the bigger picture globally. A lot of the time, I feel like anime hones in on Japan. If it's set in Japan, it's probably not going to leave Japan. But what I really enjoy is their, you know, like, just kind of... Yeah, so the whole world is going through this, and that really frames Nerve in an even bigger 
light because they currently have a monopoly on the only proven methods to kill the angels. And so it would make sense. They, uh, you know, they got to go talking to this uh, dossier. <laughs> yeah. Hey, whack a couple of kneecaps. You've been coming around the wrong block, jabroni. Well, if you remember, I forget which episode it was. Uh, it was one of our last couple episodes, but I had a theory that basically Gendo, Gendo is creating the threat to fund his business ideas. Mm-hmm. And I think this somewhat proves, this doesn't totally disprove that, but it does prove that Gendo is involved in the success of Nerve. Yeah. And he wants to ensure that, yes, they need to save the world, but it's going to be through his company. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. And and even in just, like, this is foreshadowing, but, you know, as you learn later in this episode, when they kind of sprinkle in info about the second impact and... Yeah. You know, it's it's broader implications and the lengths Nerve has gone to to downplay what actually happened. Ooh, really makes yeah. you wonder what's the big plan here, boss man. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, we'll get to it, but there's a lot of stuff where this episode shows you that, um, like, Ritsuko, like, she knows more than she's letting on, that she's, yeah, she's Ritsuko, involved in Ritsuko, this, this episode really is kind of, like, framed for me, at least, in a different light entirely. Right. It's, yeah, but we're we're. I love the train that we're on, but we'll we'll get there before we leave yeah. the station. No, I I just I appreciated the kind of 007 yeah. start to this. Well, and it's it's nice too because when I first watched this episode, I was I was going in thinking, okay, is this gonna be like an exposition dump episode where they kind of play catch up to go? We haven't really talked about the story. But in, in this entire second watch through, they do a great job of kind of like you're saying, wetting the appetite, you know, mm-hmm. giving you these little things to chew on and process and then offhandedly throwing like, oh, yeah, anyways, uh, second impact was a conspiracy or whatever. Like, right. Just these little things where you go, what? <laughs> yeah. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, that's what you heard in your textbooks, Shinji. Yeah. Th- this is what really happened. Well, speaking of Shinji. What a nice... It was so great to see him and Pen Pen just enjoying, like, a nice breakfast. I think it's one of the first times we've seen Shinji just, like, kind of stoked to be, like, existing. Yeah. (laughs) Because for the past couple episodes, it's been existential dread and the weight of the world on his shoulders. And now he's like, bread. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there is a definite, I think, confidence boost in him after... The, the two Ray episodes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. There's like some camaraderie there where maybe he's like, not only does he now have a couple friends at school, but he might be kind of excited to continue his work. Yeah. You know? Well, and speaking of camaraderie, I mean, you get to see him and Masato's relationship is very interesting to me because you watch this progression of episode one, you know, Masato's like, yeah, he's my responsibility or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now there's like a genuine banter that they share. And I think that it extends beyond this idea of like, you know, he's my job or whatever. And it's right. actually like, and also Shinji has no problem calling Masato out on her, yeah. her various uh, quirks, if you will. Yeah. And by that, I mean, she's a slob. <laughs> right. Well, we kind of already knew that. Like, we've seen the apartment uh, in the past where it's just yeah. covered in trash and beer cans and her bed's never made and, you know what I mean? But it's just funny to hear Shinji really lay into her about it. Like, it's starting to bother him. As she's, like, slamming a beer at 8 a.m., which, <laughs> hey, know. you know, I think we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been there, maybe not every day. And then she justifies it. She's like, hey, you know, <laughs> they used to drink sake every morning with miso soup and rice. I mean, like, yeah, this is trivial. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, maybe you did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it was honestly that the, the opening scene of them having breakfast is great. Uh, and then it cuts to, you know, like. The banter continues, and then it shifts to his classmates, Kensuke and Toji, coming over. Right. Which, I I feel like they're very reminiscent of us in the early episodes talking about Masato, where they're like, is she in there? I know. What's up? What does she wear in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> Shinji, dude, you're living with a babe? <laughs> and like, and that's a quote, by the way. I just want to throw that out there for any listeners at home. Uh, but it's, we, like... 
in this introduction of like Kensuke and Toji coming over, this is when Shinji makes his final like little banter, and we notice that there's a difference in the Netflix dub versus what's in the like original uh, anime dub. That because we're for a refresher, we're watching the separate um, dubs of this show. But uh, Shinji says something along the lines of "In mine," where he's like, you know, like, "Are you ever gonna answer the door?" decent or something like that right or it's like it's unbecoming to answer the door like that and she's just wearing like her pajamas yeah and then what what do they say in, in mine he he says um like pretty much like would you mind greeting them uh oh man he i forget exactly what he says but he's pretty much just like um would you mind greeting them when you're not underdressed yeah so it's i don't know same same but different but enough so where it's kind of like hmm interesting uh, like yeah another key moment too that i totally glossed over what did you think of masato making the comment to shinji about the parent teacher conference where she goes yeah uh you know it's part of my job and then shinji just kind of says oh so it's part of your job huh like, is that is that along the lines of what they said in yours that's that's how they say it in mine masato's like well of course it's your parent teacher conference you know it's part of my job you know and then shinji as he's washing his dishes is like Oh, so it's part of your job, huh? And I feel like that line kind of pulled the wind out of his sails a little bit because they have this camaraderie banter. And then it's like just a little reminder that like, well, I guess we're not like true friends. You know, she is my, she, like, sure. she, she's the she's the captain. I kind of I kind of read that differently. My version's a little bit different. She says, um, he says, so are you really going to come to school with me? And she goes, well, it's part of my work, right? And he goes, yeah, part of your work. Mm, like, okay. I I don't know it. It kind of made me feel like Shinji feels bad there because he kind of realizes that he's just kind of like a project mm. to her. Yeah, and that kind of reminded him that even though they've had this like kind of fun snarky morning, and like they've really kind of broken ground as just yeah. pals, that at the end of the day, like he's only there because she she needs him as means to an end. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. I and thought it was kind of sad. The line, it was kind of sad. It did dishearten him a little bit. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I took away from it, too. Just kind of the idea of, like, oh, I'm just part of your job, huh? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe say because you want to go or because, you know, what do you think, huh? Right. But, like, <laughs> the brevity of that scene doesn't get much time to breathe because then it cuts to Toji and Kensuke just going... Masato, like, <laughs> yep. whoa, dude! Just classic middle schoolers about it, where they're like, "So Shinji, like, what's what's it like?" And he's like, "She's a slob," and they're like, "Oh, who cares, dude? Look at her!" And he's like, "No, she sucks to live with." Nah, you know who cares? Come like, on. You're so lucky, dude. <laughs> and he's like, "I don't feel like it." Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then it it cuts to him at school, looking out the window at the is that the fourth angel? From from Ray one and two the it's pyramid. the it's the cube on the uh, on its axis <laughs> is what we just we decided yes. it was it's a cube on its axis. What was that four or five? The, I think that was the fourth angel. Uh, that is what they called the fifth angel, but that's the third one that we see in the show. Okay, got it. Because I don't know, just like staring out at the wreckage of all of that, and you see these cranes like rebuilding <laughs> rebuilding the city. Uh, which is then just also not much room to breathe because Masato Tokyo drifts into a parking I know. spot. <laughs> it, it, I couldn't remember. Is this car? Didn't she have a blue car before that she crashed? So now she, she did. Has a red car. Yeah, and this is the the red one. But <laughs> also Kensuke and that damn video camera dude. Just, I love him. He's he's great. I I have some comments about him in episode eight because I call him reporter kid for a reason. Man. Yeah, I mean he really is a good stand-in character that allows you the viewer to kind of imprint yeah or like gather knowledge because he's like wow look at this and then he lists off the model uh -huh. and like lists it what it does and how it operates right right, right. anyways and, and yeah. you're like oh thank god for him but yeah <laughs> i don't know masato stepping out in this like you know it's parent teacher conference yeah. day short skirt high heels <laughs> long legs and then kensuke and toji are like Humana, 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 humana. <laughs> and then they they slap Shinji on the back because Shinji's like, oh, brother. And they're like, grow up, dude. And then I know. I forget what they tell him. They're like, um, okay, you handle saving the, the citizens in a mech and we'll take care of Masada. Oh, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> 
And I'm yeah. like, dang, Shinji, you really got the raw deal there, but it almost sounds like he'd prefer it. He would way. prefer it. Yeah. You could tell he would prefer that. So then it cuts to, and, and we already kind of touched on this earlier, but it cuts to Shinji reading this confidential report, and he's on an elevator with Ritsuko Misato himself and two of the control center people. Mm-hmm. And they basically are kind of, this is pretty much in anime there are what I like to call exposition dumps where kind of like I said, they take a set amount of time to catch you up on the world, what it's about. So that way they can progress onto the next scene. Right. But here it's just an elevator ride. And in that elevator ride, you learn that they created conspiracy theories and said that the second impact was created by an asteroid hitting the earth. Uh, You know, what you learned in your textbooks is completely wrong yeah, uh, we actually found the first angel, and it blew up, and that's why that, that was the first impact. Right. And so it's, or that was the second impact, sorry. Or was it? Well, if you remember, like, the, I forget, it's like the first episode, or second episode, the first time that Shinji goes to school. Third. Third, third episode. episode. So the teacher is sort of, Shinji's like insta-messaging this chick that he's a Ava pilot. <laughs> She's like, is it true? And he's right. like, yeah. And like almost died. <laughs> underneath it all, the teacher is explaining the textbook version yeah. of this, which where like the second impact is the meteor yep. cr- colli- colliding in Antarctica or whatever. Yeah, and then that's when the angels started coming. Right. Like, and my theory at the time was, well, they're these angels are aliens. Yeah. And they got here from these meteor attacks. But now it sounds like with the true traditional um yeah, okay. I, I have it in my notes, and I also should just remember it, but second impact was caused by the first angel they discovered blowing up, and it really makes you wonder, and I, I'm, you know, I'm pitching this from your theory that they're aliens then, you know, if they consequently started to come after the first angel blew up, what was taken away from the first angel? Like, what happened? You know, because we've seen little tidbits of that ice-covered hill. Yep. And, you know, wow, like, what's, you know, what's going on? And, like, they all talk about that discovery. Yeah. But. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that that's my theory anymore. Okay. Once, once, um, Ritsuko explained that, you know, the, the closeness and the DNA between the angels and the humans, that kind of defunct my, my alien idea. And more so now makes me realize that these are, these are created here and there's some sort of difference that's caused them to be enemies yeah right yeah so they yeah exactly they talk about um finding the basically we discover a human-like a humanoid being on in in antarctica Mm -hmm. and it explodes causing causing this impact yeah right that changes the world forever well and so then it cuts to from that elevator exposition to gendo on a plane with a guy who we haven't you know met before but on the screen on the plane, they're talking about how, you know, all the other countries have agreed, like, to the funding request, you know, except the United States. And then Gendo yeah. makes a comment, are they allergic to unemployment? Yeah. <laughs> Not in today's economy. Uh, but it's essentially undercut by the guy on the screen saying, they'll come around. You know, that's, yep. like, they have no choice. Um But you also see that in this ship, they're floating above, essentially, the stratosphere. And you look yeah. down, and in the ocean, you see this giant red circle. And it's like, huh, interesting. Uh, but then the guy basically goes, yeah, you have all of Germany's support. Um, and they make reference to another Ava unit, Ava 2. And so it's like, oh, well, well, well. There's more of them? Yeah. Yeah, they start they start mentioning this Phase 2 project mm-hmm. and the, the second Ava unit and all this kind of stuff. Right? Yeah. We've kind of heard that like the first Ava units were kind of these prototype units yeah and so yeah the fact that they are i didn't even realize they were building another one so this was a kind of a big oh yeah reveal there well, uh, so the scene in the ocean what because I, I took that as that red like cloud storm thing that we see is what's left of antarctica oh i took that as like that's the second impact because they go from talking about that to that shot, to inside the plane. And I was kind of thinking that maybe that's what that is. I could be completely wrong. It could be foreshadowing, but... That's, I mean, that's a good theory. 
a game theory. Thanks for watching. <laughs> uh, this episode brought to you by MatPat. Um, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's, that's a really good theory. I will not comment on that, but I like that that's where your, your brain went to. Um, I also like that following this kind of conversation from the elevator to the plane, to the escalator cuts to the next morning, you have the same, you know, uh, like the toast pops up, you know, Shinji and Pen Pen are eating. Right. The scene then, was so charming. We get to see it like three times. Yeah. And then Masada walks out, but she's wearing like traditional formal like attire yeah shinji's in shock yeah he's like oh okay you didn't have to take it that seriously <laughs> yeah but then it cuts to misato and ritsuko flying out to this showcase that essentially is covering uh the new <laughs> what's the jet alone the... dumb dumb name wait that's what in this yeah this this like meeting that they're having is yeah. that it's what they call it that that's the name of the mech the jet alone oh i never caught that yeah it is the dumbest name ava is so <laughs> dope already the, the idea is that it's it's there's no human needed to run it yeah they right? can completely remote control it but it's powered by a nuclear reactor right and so understandably ritsuko the lead scientist of nerve like she's at the forefront of what is essentially groundbreaking technology but the stuff that's been saving humanity as of late and yeah. so you know she steps up and she goes hey a nuclear reactor don't you don't you think <laughs> have if we it, thought about this yeah like if it goes south don't you think that this is going to just obliterate whatever's near it especially with hand-to-hand -hand combat and he's like you mean obliterate it like Ava obliterated Japan? I know. And how, like, it's, you know, the Ava goes berserk like women. And it shows, like, the most grainy photo <laughs> ever yeah, of it berserk was... Ava. And it's just, like... A... Yeah, it's, like, the Ava, like, yelling. Yeah. And then... But then he makes that comment where he goes, uh, you know, yeah, we don't need you know, mobile suits that, like, go emotional, like women, and yeah. everyone is like, <laughs> and what's really striking to me is Ritsuko, like, she holds her composure, she's like, hey, kind of a dumb idea, and then you can tell at the end, after this guy is basically kind of laughing in her face, her furrowed brow, meanwhile, uh, Misato is at the table going, God, can you guys stop bickering already? At, kind of acting like she doesn't care. Cuts to the next scene. She's kicking the door in on a locker and is freaking out. And then it cuts to Ritsuko and she's going, hmm. yeah, whatever. And she burns the, the, yeah. the dossier on the jet alone. It's, it's this, it's, um, the scene is really smart and like really funny at the same time. Like, Absolutely. The banter between this total fucking prick guy from yeah. the shitty name company uh, and her just have this incredible banter where she's giving like all like really honest criticism. Yeah. And he's responding with like these like flippant remarks like, yeah, well, isn't it safer than your shitty program? Yeah. And she's like, uh, no. Well, and, and she just, and she raises valid questions where she goes, what if you can't shut it down? What if it, you know, what if you can't control it? Right. And, and he's like, we've tested all of that. Yeah. Bitch. He kind of has this response to her like, okay, but you think like humans and like their compassion can save this and she's like uh yeah uh because we've been doing it bitch. yeah because we it's been it's happened yeah and it's happened multiple times but one thing i never noticed when i first watching it or f first when i first watching it when i first watched this episode i never noticed the parallel of basically masato and ritsuko switching places right. with their demeanor about the situation they actually have repeating lines in, in my dub uh when ritsuko is talking to the prick on stage mm -hmm. masato goes oh you're making a scene yeah and then when masato's kicking the locker Rits <laughs> ritsuko goes ah oh, you're making a scene okay that's a see that's i think the first time you've said a netflix dub line where i go Okay, that makes, that makes one, sense. a lot of sense. <laughs> and I kind of like it better because I think Ritsuko in my dub was like, uh, just forget about it. Right. One thing, did you catch the, the transition from that scene where they're in like the dressing room or whatever? And then it cuts to the beginning of the jet 
alone, like, beginning at startup sequence, like the code. Yeah, where somebody's, like, hacking it and deletes. Where it's green, that. hacked, and then it's orange. It's deleted. Yeah. Hmm. I saw that. That was really cool. Yeah. I, and that's, I think, just a real trademark of this show. It's those little, little details. They don't need to have them, but they do. And especially for me re-watching this, like... On my first watch through, I didn't catch it. On my second watch through, I picked up a few things. And I, I noticed that code switch, but I think I just find... Excuse me. I just find myself going, huh, okay. What a nice touch. Especially right. with, you know, with all of the big and bombastic stuff that happens. It's just nice that there still is that attention to detail there. Yeah, um, well, it's... um, it, it just completes the whole story, even though it's like a blink and you'll miss it moment. Yeah. It's, if you don't miss it, it's really good foreshadowing that you don't really understand what's happening until it completes that, that like story beat later. And then you're like, Oh yeah, I know what was happening there. Yeah. Well, and so then to no surprise, you know, just as, uh, Ritsuko said, the jet alone goes haywire. Right. It goes AWOL. Everything goes to shit. The control center people are like, we can't get a hold of it. And then they're like, use the failsafe. We can't use the failsafe. Uh, use the emergency failsafe. It's not working. <laughs> and it's just this laundry list of everything they had as a backup has gone to shit. Right. But Masato says probably one of my favorite lines, and I don't know if he wrote it down, but I'm curious what they said in the dub. Masato essentially kind of takes control of the situation and goes, all right, we've got to figure out what we can do. She asks the guy, like, hey, how do we shut this thing down? And he's like, there's a code that we can enter that'll wipe every program this thing has. Yep. But he's like, I need approval to get it. And plus, we can't even get into it. There's a manual hatch and like, what are we going to do against that thing? And Masato goes, acts of men are better than acts of God. And mm. I'm just like, what? Yeah. What a line. Definitely just, didn't say that in my version. <laughs> oh, I, I don't doubt it, but I just... Oh, that line resonated with me because I just found myself going, what a solid moniker and what better person to say it who comes up with these crazy plans where it's kind of like, hey, it's so crazy it might work. And sure enough, she hatches an another crazy plan that, you know, is kind of like, huh, well, let's give it a shot. What is that plan? Okay, Shinji, you're going to run against the jet alone. Carry me in your hand. You're going to drop me in and then stop it. The nuclear reactor might go off, but your armor will take it. Right. And he's like, no. Yeah, he's like, uh, this is a really bad idea. And she goes, I don't care. We're going to do it because it's all we have. Yeah. And it's just cool because the the guy she's asking for this master code from is like calling his bosses, trying to get approval. They're yeah. out golfing. His boss is like, uh, call call the other boss. And then he calls the other boss and they're like, oh, I'm can golfing. You, uh, can you submit a formal written request? Right. And he's like, no. <laughs> and so then after Masato hatches this whole plan, he goes, the code is hope. Right. What did, was that the same yeah. code for you? Okay. I was worried. I was curious. Not worried. Well, worried and curious if they changed it. It's like but. the code was poop in mine. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is... Kind of a cool touch because yeah. it, it breaks down that kind of dickish exterior this guy gave. Right. And I think at the end of the day, they're all there for the same reasons, maybe, to save humanity and right. find a way to fight the angels. And so... Sure. Uh, so, yeah, then it cuts to this plan kicking into action despite yeah. Shinji's cries of, yeah, it, it this was, is crazy. <laughs> it was kind of like sentimental moment, actually, because yeah. at first Shinji's like... It's way too dangerous. Yeah. Talking about Masato. Going and, in. And she's like, no, you'll be fine. And he's like, I know, but you won't be. <laughs> yeah. And she's kind of like, eh, it's my job. I live life with no regrets. So here we go. Yeah. Just kind of a, yeah, very, like you said, sentimental. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a nice little additional, you know, uh, tick of the box that Shinji genuinely cares for Masato and vice versa I think yeah um, well I think that like earlier in the season he might have been too much of a bitch to speak up and say something mm -hmm. and like it shows his that he not only is he growing yeah but that he's getting more confident enough to like say al almost like let me handle this yeah 
Like, I don't want you to put yourself in harm's right. way. Not that you can't handle it, but... Right. Yeah. Right. Which is interesting because she's been the one that has to essentially say, get in the robot, dude. Like, you need to I do know. your job. I know. Nice little flip of the script, if you will. So then it cuts to what is probably my favorite animated sequence of all Evangelion. And it's the Ava chasing after the jet alone. Yeah. And the jet alone is flopping its arms uh-huh. like... <laughs> yeah like a middle schooler running the mile right and, and the ava is just kind of like very stiffly running after it yeah <laughs> it, it looks so goofy dude it looks goofy but then like once it zooms in it's all well and good but right. i just was like <laughs> seeing that again it's it's been like a good minute since i've i've rewatched this but that scene made me crack up <laughs> even the first time i watched it because it's just it's goofy looking. I, I just kind of felt like the jet alone is so stupid anyways that like, of course, nobody bothered to see if it would look cool. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Because, you know, they were like, we're not going for aesthetics. We're just trying to save the world. Right. But it still looks goofy as yeah, hell. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, so then, yeah, cuts to Shinji catching up. He drops Masato in the hatch. Uh-huh. Uh, she almost falls to her death. Almost falls to her death. But luckily, really good at climbing ladders, which uh-huh. is great. Uh, then Shinji gets in front, holds the, the jet alone back. She crawls in, goes to use the code Hope. <gasps> it doesn't work. Uh-uh-uh. Not the right password. <laughs> you didn't say the magic word. Yeah, you didn't say the magic word. Uh, and just kind of when all hope is lost, Misato decides to go ahead and push the cooling rods in. Mechanically right. operated... Yeah. Heavy as fuck. Yeah. She just starts shoving. She's like, well, this is kind of all we got. Last ditch effort. And pulls it off. Absolutely <laughs> mental. <laughs> Crazy. The power of women, man. Yeah. <laughs> Take <It's>... that. Men. <laughs> Dude, there was a... You know how like a bunch of like steam is coming out of the uh, jet alone? Yeah. At first, I'm like... Oh, like it's working. Like it's it's cooling vents have opened or something. Yeah. No. No, that means it's burning. Yeah. That's like And I bad. love how Shinji was playing whack-a-mole trying to cover up like <laughs> no stop. Yeah. No 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 stop stop stop. He needed another hand. He did. He yeah. only had two. Yeah. But yeah, Masato shoves the cooling rods back in, yep. forces the jet alone into a shutdown, and Shinji's like, Oh my god, you did it! Holy wow and it's kind of just like i can't believe it worked you know way to go and then masato drops this line where she goes yeah it worked but this feels a little bit too intentional right to like have happen which makes me wonder you know and and we kind of get an answer to this but like yep masato is the captain how much does she know she clearly she clearly knows enough. Yeah, she knows enough, but not she's not high tier enough to know yeah. what was actually happening here. And who is high tier enough, you ask? Well, cut to the next scene where it's Ritsuko, yep. Gendo, and is it like Gendo's right-hand man? Yeah, I, whatever. But Ritsuko goes, you know, despite Katsuragi's efforts, I'd say the special project or, you know, worked yeah. Just as we intended. Went off without a hitch, yeah. And so then I'm like, oh my god. If if Misato didn't jump in and save the day, were they just going to let a nuclear reactor blow up and kind of just go, oh, looks like the Avas are the best. Yeah, it's, it's really tough to... Because on the surface, it's like, well, perfect. Misato jumped in there. Somebody shut it off. Obviously, somebody that's working under the surface with nerve mm-hmm. so like yeah they planned it like that but unless they knew that masada was going to do that Which, i don't know what their plan was because it makes nerve look really good yeah masada went in there and as far as the public knows she saved the day oh yeah but i think the 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 hindsight of that though is nerve still would have looked good the goodness though is just framed in a much better light because masada of nerve stepped up to save the day Right. But regardless, Nerve would have looked good because then this other competitor to the Ava literally blew up like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Yep. 
And so I'm sure that, you know, that's what Ritsuka means where, despite Katsuragi jumping in, you know, the special project went off without a hitch. Yeah. Which bums me out because I like Ritsuko, but now it's obvious that she's she's in cahoots. Yeah, she's intertwined in this deeper, uh, more selfish plot. Yeah. Uh, but that feeling of ominous dread about whatever's happening behind the scenes is short-lived because you get that that just cute little send-off where, you know, it's like, oh, Shinji and Masato are like family. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, that's uh, where Toji and all those guys are uh, once again giving him hell that he has a hot roommate. Yeah. And and he's kind of like, God, why do you guys want to live with her? Like, she's such a slob. She's, she's dirty. She's horrible. And they're like, yeah, but like, she's herself around you. Yeah, you like, get yeah you get to see a side of her that yeah she wouldn't show anybody else, especially not us. Right. And then is it Toji that's like yeah that kind of makes you guys like family. Yeah, and that that was really cool. And then just seeing Shinji's face kind of light up, considering the phrasing of that and his obvious want to be like, you know, a part of something yeah. bigger than himself. Or, yeah. And. And I say that, and it's interesting because I've heard discussions where people go, you know, yeah, Shinji just wants to, like, belong, but why can't he just be satisfied with piloting a robot? And I think it goes back to that idea of Shinji is so much more than someone you just look at and go, get in the fucking robot. He has needs, just like a regular person does. And I think that, you know, different people put different weight of importance on certain things, but for Shinji... I think he puts a lot of weight on belonging and yeah. wanting to find, like, you hear him say it in Unfamiliar Ceilings, where he goes, it's okay, like, I'm used to yep. not having a home. Well, he has a home. It's all right, like, my dad fucking hates me. <laughs> yeah. I hate I hate myself. And now, you know, you have friends at school, you know, he's bonded with Ray. Like, yeah. Masato acts as a mentor, but is also someone he can banter with. Right. So it's kind of like all these pieces of the puzzle are fitting together in a very cool way. And I think Shinji's little, you know, like grin, just kind of realizing that, wow, you know, I, I really do have all of that. Yeah. There's a very, I don't know, very nice way to tie a bow on this episode. I, I like that sort of home feeling for Shinji much better than the episode four one. And the reason that I... I still look back at the episode four scene on the train Mm -hmm. where Masato and Shinji have that kind of long gaze at each other. And I guess the problem I have with that is that at that point in time, I don't feel like Shinji, I don't feel like nerve deserved Shinji. And I felt like him saying I'm home didn't really sit with me because like they haven't done shit for him except use him. Mm Mm-hmm. So he's just so desperate that he says that. Mm -hmm. But now like, you know, four episodes later, three episodes later, however long it is, I do feel like at least he has a home with with Masato. Like she, I think she is looking out for his best interest. I think I think that's a good point. I would say though, and this is me going back to episode four. I I don't think him saying he's home isn't him saying he's home at Nerve, but for the first time he has friends. He has people that like have a vested interest in him, mm-hmm. and he has that in Masato, or Ken, er, Kensuke, and Toji. And I think Shinji isn't one to want for much, and I think that alone, yeah, created a wait for it. Oh God, anchor. No, <laughs> <laughs> created some kind of you know foundation, and right. I think that now we're seeing. You can't build a house without a foundation. Your analogies are just... No, I... I've been watching a lot of Hallmark movies. So have I... you? It is the season. Um, but I don't I, know. I really like this ending. This this yeah. felt right to me is, what, is my point there. This yeah. felt like it made sense. It was earned. And I'm happy for him. Hell yeah. You know? I'm happy for him too. And I, you know... I have a couple loose ends that I wanted to... Let's hear them. ...bring up. Um... One thing I really liked about this episode is that it brings up like old Tokyo and oh and, yeah um, Tokyo 2 and 
you know, Masato talks about how, like, when they're on their way to old Tokyo, they're, like, on the train, and she's like, man, crazy that, like, they used to have tons of trains and buses and stuff here, and now yeah. it's a freaking ghost town, you know? Yeah, all we have is this giant megadome. Yeah, that makes me excited to find out exactly what happened to yeah. you know, Tokyo before they had to make these, like, underground Tokyo mm -hmm. one, two, three, four, however many, right? Yeah. So that that was really interesting to me. Um, they also mention a new, a new mech arriving from Germany. They don't say mech. I forget what they say, but Ava. Uh, yeah, arriving a new, a from new Germany. Ava unit and the third pilot. And my whole thought there was, you know, classic Japanese and Germans back at it again. You know what I mean? The we're Axis getting the is band back, back together. <laughs> the 2015, <laughs> nothing's changed. There's back up to their old ways, and Gendo's running the whole show, and so. <laughs> Not surprised by that move at all. And classic, the U.S. is holding out. Right. They, wow. They're like, can U.S., can you guys help us? No. Okay, Germany? Yes, they'll help us immediately. And now the U.S. is just absolutely screwed. <laughs> yeah. That is a good point, though. I didn't I didn't ever think about that. That's the deeper meaning yeah. you know, behind this. This is, this really is a, actually about World War II. <laughs> this is a World War II commentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually... Uh, you know, when... Um, I have a couple things on the elevator conversation where yeah. they're talking about the second impact or the first impact or whichever. They're just talking about all impacts. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting stuff there because Rits Ritsuko is saying a lot of things and Masato is kind of like biting her lip. Yeah. Like she's kind of biting her tongue. She wants to speak out, but she's not. She looks kind of pissed. Yeah. And it was interesting because I almost felt like she knows the truth and that told me as first time viewer that maybe what Ritsuko's telling Shinji isn't the whole truth yeah and she knows it and she's pissed that she has that they to, have to keep that from him yeah right that's a really good point because on the escalator she's just kind of looking off into the distance and yeah has kind of checked out of what you know what Ritsuko's saying yeah but, that scene ends with Ritsuko being like, by the way, uh, I heard something was taking place tomorrow. Like, kind of nudge, nudge to Masato. And she's like, okay. Yeah. Very, yeah. very interesting. Like, and that's a good catch. Quick, short response where she's obviously kind of pissed. One thing I liked, too, is on that elevator, they talk about money. They talk about how they're currently in the process of repairing Ava, Ava 1. And they're like, yeah... <laughs> We're kind of hitting the, the tops of our, you know, auxiliary budgets here. Yeah. And then she goes, well, we have a third Ava unit on the way. And they're like, do we even have the money to repair that? And she goes, no, but we'll get more funding, you know. Right. Like, these people can't afford to be stingy when we're, you know, saving them. Sure. It's almost like, you know, the pencil pusher accountants that Masato knows of, yeah, they clearly don't have the budget for that. But the underground money coming in. Yeah. They definitely have the money for that. Oh, they've got the they've got the dough. Right. And I, I just kind of like and, and this ties back to I think what we were talking about in episode four. I love when they dive into the logistics of this. You know, this is this is an operation and just to hear them talk about, yeah, we're gonna need money to repair that, you know, and this was the cost of this. Having having such real numbers and like data attached to things in a giant robot mech anime yeah is very just you know cool to me because it you know it, it just gives it just enough uh brevity and weight yeah. you know like there's a level of grounding obviously it's you know we're fighting angels and there's avas and you know the world's gonna explode or whatever like the yeah. second impact but then they're like, "What's our supply chain looking like? How are we gonna get? Right? How are we gonna get more armor plating? It's yeah, just just a nice you know nice little anecdote kind of thrown into the mix yeah. of, so Shinji, you're gonna kill this angel, you know, and like, I don't know, very very cool. No, I I agree. the The last thing that I had kind of in my final breadcrumbs that I wanted to clean up here is, um, they talk about this idea that. When they find they find this humanoid in Antarctica mm -hmm. that they deem as the first angel, in Ritsuko's telling of this, yeah, and they go to find that, and obviously everything goes 
wrong. Very wrong. We don't know the details of that. She purposefully spared the audience the details of how, why it exploded. Meanwhile, Masada's like, I'll sing it. Right. But, like, all we do know is now the angels are back and they want revenge or yeah. something, right? So I guess, like, my my thought on that is just this is kind of classic, you know, like, humans generally fear what we don't understand, mm-hmm. right? And, like, in a lot of times with, like, alien movies or, like, superhero movies or whatever it might be, that that thing that's not understood easily we take as a threat. Mm-hmm. And so I almost wonder if this, you know, just, like, 1.1% not human was different enough that whatever Nerve did, or maybe Nerve wasn't even around, but whoever did something to cause this angel to explode caused some sort of rift that creates this revenge war that the angels are waging on Japan. And I have no idea why, but it just kind of highlighted that thought that, you know, humanity generally fears what they don't understand. And yeah. Maybe this didn't have to be this way, but it is due to the first impact or the second impact or whatever. Yeah, and now it's just kind of really snowballing. Right. Just as as each of these angels appear, it just feels like the stakes get raised higher and higher. Right. uh, So, yeah, anyways, that's kind of my new running theory. There's something to do with that impact where... Uh, something went wrong, and now my main question I want to know is what exactly happened yeah. to cause that explosion that was so massive that, you know, oh, the textbooks absolutely. are saying that all the weather changed, and now we have to have four Tokyos. And yeah, that, you know, and instead it's like, mm, sounds like something a little more serious happened. Yes, yeah. yeah, but yeah, a lot yeah, of I, lot of good stuff. I think those I think those are good breadcrumbs to to keep your eye on. Yeah. <laughs> So just like you said at the top of the show, I mean, a lot of exposition happened in this, um, but it was done in between a lot of like charming scenes yeah. and really interesting scenes, and it was done in a way where it didn't feel like a dump, uh, yeah. where I didn't feel like I was just being told the plot. Yep. I felt like they were leading me on a trail that I could follow, or I could question everything, Yeah. right? And that's kind of what I'm doing right now. I feel like they're... They're not quite giving us everything. Yeah. Well, it was also Masato's crazy plan to Electric Boogaloo. Exactly. Where, just back at it again with the Hail Mary play, and, yep. it, and it worked out. Yeah, so. it was good to see her in the suit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. So, okay. Final final closing thoughts. What would you rate this out of 10 mechs? I would give this 8 out of 10 mechs. Yeah. I agree. I think I like this episode. I think eight out of ten is a, a good spot to put it at. Yeah. Because um, kind of like you said, good exposition doesn't overstay its welcome. You still get kind of a high octane ac- action thing, and you get really sweet character moments between Shinji Masato, yep. Kensuke, and Toji. So. Yep. I liked it. Yeah. Well, hey, this has been another episode of the Hero Babble podcast. Uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your dog. You know, stream us, listen to us, um, and leave a comment. Tell us your thoughts on episode seven. Let us know what you thought. Um, and yeah, until next time, we're out. <laughs>